0: Welcome to Visma Ski Classics podcast, Levinio to Levin. Visma Ski Classics is the long-distance ski championships with 12 pro tour events and 35 pro teams, bringing professional and recreational skiers together. We will analyze the events on the tour, portray the legends of the sport, and help you to become a better skier. Jürgen Aukland is a Wismaski Classics legend with 8 states wins. He has won Majalonga 4 times in 2003, 2006, 2012 and 2013, and Basa twice in 2008 and 2013. Between 2011 and 2016, the year of his retirement, he managed to be on the podium 8 times. He is one of the forefathers of the double polling development and he has been an inspiration to many of our current top pro team athletes. In addition to his successful career in the Wismaski Classics Pro Tour, he participated at four FIS World Cup events, and he was on the podium once when he finished third at Machalonga in 2004. He also scored 24 top three places at FIS Marathon Cup, of which seven were victories. He runs Team de Ejendom together with his still active brother Anders and he is an enthusiastic ultrasport athlete, adventure explorer, of which his 2018 Greenland Expedition together with his brother is a fine example.
1: Welcome to this episode, Jürgen Auckland. Thank you. How do you really pronounce your, your last name? Uh, Aukland.
2: It's the, Öl- Nor- the Norwegian uh, pronunciation, and uh, Auckland in are abroad.
1: You live in Tönsberg now, where you're from. How is that? That's
2: the best place to
1: live, I think. That's why I'm here. So it's uh,
2: really beautiful in the summertime. It's like a summer city, and uh, for uh, dryland training, it's extremely good. And we also have a, a good roller ski course and uh, artificial snow in the wintertime. So it's, it's good.
1: But how much snow do you have like when you grew up, how much snow did you have then?
2: We had some winters where we, when we had to use roller skis the whole the whole winters. So uh, maybe that's why we could get got good at uh, double pulling. But uh, sometimes lots of snow and sometimes not so much. But uh, basically you can ski from this winter November until uh, March. So it's pretty good.
1: And you have been you you stuck to your Club, Use Berit your whole career?
2: Yes, uh, that's when I went back from uh, when I was living in Oslo for many years, and I went back three years ago, and then I became the not the leader, but like the sports uh, responsibility for the sport and training in the club. So you're about 100 active young young kids and uh, some pretty good juniors, so it's, it's fun to be back and um, to, to help the at the
1: community. Are they double polling?
2: Uh, I wish. <laughs> no. Cravo uh, is the new star, so we do oh, yeah. all, all kinds. But, but they, yes, of course, they like double polling and, uh, and uh, I'll let them do it if they want to. So, yeah.
1: What are you doing? I mean, I guess that's uh, like a volunteer, but you are the team director of the Team Ragda Ejendom. Is that your, your job?
2: That's uh, half of my job. Uh, and of course, it's lots to do. Uh, sometimes and sometimes it's easier. Uh, easier. Um, it, it it varies during the the year. But uh, I also am a coach at uh, this. Um, uh, what to say? Uh, top uh, gymnasium for uh, for uh, juniors. For high school. High school. Uh, yeah. It's called Wang and. Um, it's about twenty twenty kids or kids and youths, and they are pretty good. So uh, I try to keep up with them and give them some uh, good advice and help them to develop to be good skiers.
1: So you're coach coach both there and in the local ski club.
2: Yeah, it's 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 pretty fun because I ski I coach uh, kids with uh, from six or seven years old and then. Um, through the high school and then up with Ragde with the best gears in the world. So I had the whole specter from, uh, from the pure beginners to the, to the old uh, professionals like my brother Anders. So it's, it's a lot of activity and also a lot of course with the sponsors for uh, Team Ragde and all the other sponsors just uh, to help and develop and to have, to have goals to, to train for.
1: How old are your kids?
2: They are uh, eight and uh, ten and twelve years old
1: so, so they are in are, are they skiing are they in the ski club Bay?
2: Yes, they have no other choice <laughs> no no they are, they are skiing and uh, uh, football and skiing and uh, some uh, uh, gymnastics and they try all kinds of sports but uh, but they're pretty much into skiing and, and football or soccer that's that's their main main sports.
1: So do you keep in shape by training with uh, like in your job or do you train more than that? Like, are you in good shape?
2: Uh, It depends. Uh, If I got some time, I I like to to be in decent uh, shape, but it's, uh, it's, I'm not in a really good shape, but uh, if I can get like, sometimes it's three sessions a week and sometimes it's maybe seven or six sessions. So yeah I'm in pretty good shape I train the high school uh, university kids there in the dry down training. I can go with them roller skiing, but uh, it's also a lot of uh, i'm not there to train for myself i'm there to help them so it's a lot of uh, technique and video and uh, to, to arrange everything for the others but uh, I still beat them all so i'm I'm happy with that
1: you have one not most races, but you have won the Vassaloppet, Marsha Longa, König Ludwig Lauf, Jiserska. You have also won Tartu Marathon. You have been uh, in second place overall in Visma Ski Classics, been top 10 another three times, four times. And you have skied in the World Cup. You have uh, medals from the Norwegian Championship. You are the only one, I think at least, that they won the Vosseloppet with uh, zero skis.
2: Yeah, I think, I, I yeah. think, I think so.
1: Audun Laugeland was close in 2014. He
2: was really yeah. close. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I think yes, has got to look back and and be the first that won with uh, with zero skis and also the first with uh, with double pulling. So
1: exactly yeah. in 2013, you have been seventh at the NCAA championship, 1999, Uh, and you have also ran 3,000 meters in 8.45, and you have run 1,500 meters when you were 11 years old in 4.56, and I remember you told me once that that's the only (laughs) thing you have a better personal record than your brother Anders.
2: He's running, yeah, and I'm really proud of that because he can never beat it.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so when you like when you were younger, uh, how did you start skiing?
2: Uh, well, my parents were pretty eager, and uh, they, were, they were amongst the guys starting up the whole Oseberg uh, ski and they also... well, you, Your
1: parents started your yeah.
2: ski club. Yeah, they were. Uh, they were starting up the ski club, and they were also into a lot of orienteering. And running and uh, kind of active and they tried to get things going and it was just a natural part of growing up we were a big group and had lots of fun and uh, so
1: you I know your dad did a vassal but but he was he also uh, like an elite skier
2: no he was not he was uh, he was more into like the, the passion for the, the sport and he did all kinds of things but they went to both my father and mother they went to this um, the Norwegian uh, uh, University for Athletics, and uh, and they were really like uh, missionaries with, uh, with the sport and to how important sport was for uh, younger people. So, uh, yeah.
1: So, so, you did all kinds of sports when you were endurance sports?
2: Yeah, endurance sports, uh, not so much uh, <laughs> football or uh, other things, but it was uh, running and. Uh, some kayaking, some orienteering, skiing, and uh, yeah. And I just followed my my brother's footsteps and and it got uh, better and better. And it was like a a big group and and, and lots of fun and the social part of it was really important as well.
1: There are three brother, Oakland's. There is also Fredrik. Uh, We see him sometimes as a coach, but how active was he when he was younger? and, And what's his age? He's three years
2: younger than me, and he was uh, i would say a better skier than i was and um, He was a pretty good junior uh, I remember he he uh, at uh yeah he got medals at the junior uh, Norwegian junior uh, championship, so he was good and he also tried as a senior one or two years, but uh, he trained too hard i think he he tried to keep up with me and others and um, I Remember one session in Valsenales. Uh, and
1: that's a glacier in Switzerland, right?
2: In Italy, Italy, uh, yeah. And uh, we have this uh, roller ski uh, loop, or it's not a loop, it's called Bottoms Up from the bottom of the valley and to the top where we stayed. It's about two hours uh, and pretty hard. And we were known for going pretty hard, and we didn't never go slow, we we, also, we always. Did it did pretty hard. Um, and we used uh, you know in the roller ski you can have um, one and two and three different levels on the on the on the wheels. And uh, it was the last session and he was really, really tired. And we went with number two and we told him we all had number three, so he took <laughs> his number three. <laughs> and, and he was uh, dying up there, I think. Actually, that was the, the, the one training session that killed him. And he never uh, got back from that. But uh, he got other interests. And uh, he coached in Switzerland, with Dual Colonia And now he's uh, at NRK. Um, uh, talking with, uh, what to say, when commenting on NRK. And uh, he's, he's really into sports uh, still, yeah.
1: Why didn't you go to uh, ski high school?
2: Uh, I went to Boulder in 99. Um Or do you mean uh, high school? Yeah. I went to regular uh, high school. Uh, I like Tönsberg, so <laughs> I wouldn't move away. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think it was good. Uh, good education and uh, still lots of friends here. And, and the driving training here is uh, is the best you can have. So I think it was yeah easy choice.
1: It's interesting. I I joined you for a few days in in uh, in Tönsberg, and we were roller skiing there. And you were like pointing out in that church, blah blah, and that's why it's called Usubari. And here yeah. I was running when I was little, and you're really nostalgic. And you're also very interested in 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 the history of uh, of Turnsbury. Why did you develop that interest? <sighs>
2: I don't know. It's good memories, uh, and it's my favorite place in the summertime. It's like you have the ocean, and uh, you can just play and have fun, and uh, yeah, good memories, I guess. And uh, that's why I moved back as well. So, but you had uh, to yeah. live
1: in Oslo because the snow was much better. Yeah. During your career.
2: Yeah, that's and also some education uh, in Oslo, so easy for traveling. And uh, when you, yeah, when you get at that level, you need. Easier access to the to
1: the snow, for sure. Yeah. So, so, what is your education?
2: I have to think. <laughs> um, I have what do you call um, a master degree in uh, sports sociology, and I also have some extra studying in um, in history, also uh, like uh, geology and, and stuff. What do you call it? We call it Vectal in Norwegian. It's uh, yeah, credits, a lot of credits.
1: And you also took some credits in uh, in Boulder right before the the millennium. And can you tell us about your weight during the?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, the last thing I did before I went to Boulder was to run eight forty five on the three thousand meter. And Omnish was my um, uh, the pacer. Uh, and then I went over there. I was maybe twenty three, twenty four years old. Uh, I had been trying to be a really good skier in Norway. I was among, like, between 15 and 30 in in the Norwegian championships, and it was okay, but I wanted to do something else. And when I was over there, I I, I just wanted to go back home and try to be the best at long distance skiing. That's that's found motivation over there, but my weight over there, I think I gained from 80 to 89 kilos, so I, I, I bought up nine k over there. Um, and
1: how, how long did it take you?
2: Oh, three three months, I guess.
1: That's uh, a good job.
2: Yeah, no, it was easy. <laughs> it was just to <laughs> to double the meat and switch to paprika frosty and uh, basically uh, try everything in the in the, at Safeway. So it was uh, it was easy, but I I got down and I got uh, back home again. So yeah, I like food.
1: Sure. What, what did you learn from that time in boulder otherwise from skiing was, or something else it was a
2: great experience boulder was a another beautiful place with the mountains and the nature and lots of good friends uh, but I also for me it was important to do something f- on my own uh, not to always follow my brother's uh, footsteps and over there I, I really understood how much the skiing uh, meant for me and when I went back, I had just one thing on mine, mind and
1: that was to win the Walseroppe. Let's listen to, to your brother and he he answered the questions about the importance of you with, for him and for double polling. Of course, very, very much because uh, we have
3: been training together since we were uh, small, young guys. But uh, And he was always good in long distance, he was always good in double polling, and um, he started racing Valsloppe 2001. I was really interested in that, and for me, he was a great uh, motivation, and I learned a lot uh, in double polling from him. Also, in the years I was uh, competing in World Cup races, so I think uh, my best World Cup races, there was a double pole part that uh, I did best, and, and uh, that I learned from Jürgen. Uh, he was uh, together with Jerja Lin, I think ahead of uh, a lot of uh, others with uh, thinking development in long distance and uh, double polling, and both in the, the mindset uh, what uh, to do and what uh, choice to take, and also in how he trained, he was uh, really, really early with the double pole training. And uh, what uh, this special Vasalop session we see people do today, we did uh, 20 years ago. did 20 years ago. And uh, that's also why he won some early races there. So he was early out together with Jari to do this uh, double pole specialist training.
1: You said when you went back from Older already <clears> at that time, you want to be good at long distance skiing.
2: Yeah, because uh, I noticed the whole my whole life that uh, the longer the better, and uh, and I think it's just a natural talent. That uh, I'm not the fastest guy, but I can I can go hard for a very long time, and uh, I think it's uh, also a lot to do with the mindset and uh, and mental strength. Uh so I really wanted to come back and, and do try to be best at what I already was good at. Uh so I, I decided to double pull a lot and to go for the the Verlopper races and the Fis Marathon races and it went good and uh but I I also knew that to be good in those races you have to be pretty good in normal races as well. So yeah, I did like in uh, before uh, the first Marcelonga I did a... I was double polling in the in the slalom slopes at uh, Bäktelstölen, and uh, I used uh, roller skis in the winter time in the uh, uphills. With it and it was uh, not so good uh, conditions with snow outside. And I did a lot of uh, things that no one else did, I, I believe, and that helped me. And sometimes I went uh, way too far and and pushed myself too hard. Uh, so we learned, we have learned the whole way.
1: Both you and your brother, you talk a lot about Jari Alin in uh, yeah. when you talk about the early development of, of double polling.
2: I mean, if you look back at the history, it was... Yarí yeah, was... I mean, Yarí yeah, is special for me because his mindset... Uh, he was so extremely... He uh, was like a frontrunner and uh, uh, offensive guy. Uh, never afraid, uh, never... What you call the guy staying behind and saving energy, saving energy and maybe winning the sprint. He was like the opposite of that. He was just like, let's go for it. Uh, I try it or I die and, and if I make it it's, it's super. I mean both Ieri and also Dante is the same kind of kind of guys and uh, like opposite to maybe Oscar Svard is also a fantastic uh, long-distance skill. Uh, but kind of different tactics. Um I mean the most important thing is to win, but for me, it's always be. Uh, I really like the ones going with their their uh, hearts. Uh, if it's running or biking or whatever endurance sport, I like the guys going for uh, going with the hearts. And Yari yeah, was uh, one of those guys, and he also. I remember he said to me again, "This we, we think we're pretty smart. This is what we train today. But what are you thinking in ten years? you so always try to look ahead and see how can we develop more and more."
4: Let's listen to Juri. My first memory of Jürgen from long distance skiing is from uh, Marsa 2006. And uh, that was my first race in the Fismarton Cup. And I remember a tall guy from Norway who skied pretty fast in the in the last uphill to Kavalese. And uh, I was number three in that race, and Jørgen won, and uh, Rikard Andreasson was number two. And that was also the starting point of my own long-distance career. Uh, I experienced uh, Vaseloppe 2008. Uh, it was a very special weather condition. Uh, it was extremely humid snow and temperature just uh, over... Zero degrees. And I remember I had trained a lot of double pooling uh, uh, the years before that, and also that year, of course. And uh, I decided to, to uh, ski without grip wax uh, for the first time. That was a hard decision, but uh, I felt it was the right decision to do. Pretty early in the race, uh, it was four skiers left, and uh, Jurgen and Anders was really strong. And then uh, up to Uxbury, uh Jöring was pushing real hard and uh, he just uh, went away from us. And I just uh, tried to keep a hard speed uh, for the last 30 kilometers. But uh, he was too strong that day and, and he won the race and Anders was number two and uh, I was number three. I was happy with that, but uh, I felt I Maybe had uh, I was in really good shape that day, so I was. It was both positive and negative feelings from from 2008. Yeah, me and Jorgen was pretty early with double pulling because we, I think, we were the same type of skiers, similar type of skiers, and we were competing against some of the best skiers in the world with. In the, in the diagonal capacity, like on the show, under the guys. Uh, I suppose Jurgen and I realized that the only, the only way to beat them was to use and develop our strength, which was uh, double pulling. And suddenly we could ski without kickbacks faster than the, we could ski without kickbacks faster than with, even in the, like the, the pretty steep uphills. And the kickback skiers' advantage disappeared, and I think it was some sort of breaking point in the long distance skiing. For me, and I guess also for Jurgen, it was inspiring to be, ah, like call it, pioneers, uh, and try to bring the sport into the next level.
1: What do you say?
2: Oh, it's it's good to hear, Jerry and uh I remember that day in two thousand and eight when we were uh, it was difficult in the conditions and um I ended up with uh, with the zero ski and I'm very happy with that choice uh, it was my first and only race with those skis and uh, when he pulled out his uh, skating skis, it was just like wow that's 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 pretty uh, that's a hard decision." and uh yeah so jerry for sure was like a pioneer pioneer as but, is, but uh, in
1: that 2008 um jerry doubled on those skating skis but were you like ahead of him in the uphills and then he had, he had better glide or how did the race develop
2: I, in, the, in the first 20 case maybe my skis were uh almost icing up, so I had to be a little bit back in the pack, but we had decided to go really hard at, uh, up to, to Risberg, and uh, we just pushed from there, and we were together, four of us, uh, with Anders Myrland, and uh, me, Jerry, and Anders, the four guys at the end there, and um, Anders had slow skis down, to, down from Eversberg, and my skis got better and better, and he noticed that Yaddy got more and more tired, and I had like a really, really good uh, kick, so I could just run up to uh, the, to, to Oxford with my with the, I could go up there without using my poles, uh, and also the yeah. double poling of skis were like super, and uh, and I think Yaddy's skis got the slower and slower in the end there, uh, but just the decision he made there was uh, was uh, like a, a wake up call for for me and Anders and. Uh, yeah, it was a really hard race because uh, after after this, but it just went flat out. Uh, so it was just high pace the whole time. Otherwise, drop it's more like on and off. Uh, so, yeah. But uh, that was fun With because uh, everybody said, yeah, you, but you had the best skis. Uh, that's why you won. And yeah, the really good skis, probably best skis, but that was also really, really strong that day. And that was uh, fun going back there in two thousand thirteen and win and a sprint in you in
1: <laughs> Your yeah. only sprint win. <laughs> yeah. But I mean you won your like that must have been your dream within sports that day. Yeah, for so, sure. How, what 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 were you thinking? The last minute of the race.
2: Oh, I was just uh, really, really happy because I had been uh, second place and third place several times, and uh, I trained really, really hard for it. And uh, like uh, I got almost too extreme at uh, some points there. Uh, like the last three weeks before Valsklopp, I started every training session eight o'clock, uh, just to be prepared for the start. And uh, I had been over there for training camps and you all the the whole course and. Um, yeah, of it has yeah, always been really special for me. The whole atmosphere and uh, yeah, I just feel really at home in that race. Uh, so it was really special for me to win it.
1: Do you think it's important to be on camps at the site? Like you. I think it,
2: it differs from person to person. For me, it was just like, uh, I liked it there, and I think it was really fun to go in those slopes with all the tracks and the easy terrain and, and stuff. But for some people, they can just show up the day before and still be be at the top. But for me, it was important to to get the feeling and, and really, yeah, maybe get that extra mental, uh, keep it like, one level up and then it's uh, like the most important race because yeah so for me it's, it, it, it was really important to be there
1: and then you won it again uh, 2013 as we said uh, the first double polar uh, what is the feeling to win it the second time
2: i think that was even better actually <laughs> so because uh, that was a total different race it was uh uh, two guys uh, went away in the start there, and it was uh pretty hard pace uh we went hard and we knew Tunel was like one of the the biggest contenders and and also uh Jürgen brink was uh like really good at that point and we knew his tactic uh so me and anders we just tried to go really hard last thirty k uh and last thirty key <laughs> yeah and and I mean that's that year and the years before, like one of our training sessions was like you go three hours, then you go forty times one minute or forty times one minute full speed, uh and of course, when you start to do all the the push in the end there, and uh you don't get the gap the first time, the second time, the third time, the tenth time, the fifteenth time. But you start to wear out the other people and when you got to- You
1: mean that you do a little sprint yeah. in the yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And when you got to the sprint all the other guy- all the other guys were really tired and I was still keeping the same pace, so uh, that was a really, really good uh, good feeling. And especially when I was sprinting against both the Tunnel and Jürgen Brain, who who's the best used to be the best sprinters at that time for the long distance uh, and, and
1: also if we watched the race on the TV, we would think that Jens Eriksen would win because he had like the most amazing skis ever in, yeah, <laughs> in yeah. Buffalo, But
2: I think Jens also believed he, he he could win that day, and he was good skis, but also a really good shape. But I think all the all the, the, the attacks from Vietnam was the last 20k wore his arms out. I think.
1: Um, yeah. You mentioned that workout double pulling for three hours and then 40 times one minute yeah uh, I joined you for that workout in by. yeah the only problem <laughs> is that I had to drop out after two hours yeah. uh, I was in good shape but those three hours were very fast yeah like uh, before uh, intervals
2: yeah it depends what you used to <laughs> what your <the laughs> normal pace is but uh, yeah. it differs. It's like uh, when the uh, Tour is doing a five hour session, Anders is doing the same uh, distance in uh, three hours. So we have to be efficient and you have a uh, lot of things to do. <laughs> but sometimes mm-hmm. we take it easy, but uh, also at those years we were maybe pushing too hard on the, on the easy sessions. Now we're taking it more uh, a little bit more easy, but uh, yeah, still hard in the end. <laughs>
1: Can you tell us about Marchalonga in 2003?
2: Yeah, that was the first time it was classic, I believe, was it? I think it was yes, my first win. So. Yeah. Uh, well, I had trained a lot for that race and I knew it was a long uphill in the end. Um, and I was prepared for it, and I didn't even consider to stop and put on some kickbacks because I knew that I'm faster double pulling that uh, with my striding up there. And we were a big group into the last hill, and uh, I was first into the hill and just uh, went for it, and it was uh, I won. So, yeah, that was cool. Everybody's talking about the last hill in much longer, but actually, the last hill starts seven or eight k before the the hill. It starts down to the fight down in Molina, uh, the last village it passed through. Cause it's like, you have to be, if, if it's a big group, you have to be in front there. So it's really hard pace down there and through that uh, village when you turn over the bridge. And...
1: But let's g- get back to 2003. So, so cause uh, Giorgio Dicenta, who was a very good workup skier at the time, he stopped to put on kick wax and he-
2: I think that was 2004, I think.
1: Okay, but, yeah. but uh, anyway, that year when you decided to ski Marshalonga to double pole uh, the hill, yeah, and you said there was no question about it. Why did you put on kick wax from the start? Why did you just yeah. double pole the whole thing?
2: I know. Uh, if I knew what I know today, then I would never done it. <laughs> I think the the main we, we believe that you could like save the arms uh, so we could be even stronger in the last part of the race. So we put on just a little bit and we shortened in the, the zone for the grip wax, and we kind of jumped up and down to, to like the zone technique. I regret that we didn't go for uh, without wax uh, at the first race. It took still some uh, years before uh, I went just without wax.
1: Yeah, because you were one of the earliest that decided to to do a whole season without kick-wax. But when did you start to race like most races without kick-wax? I think it
2: went all the way up to 2013, actually. Uh, Ten years too long, I think, when I look back. uh, (laughs) Or maybe
1: actually 19 years too long. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And I think I'm not... Quite sure why, but I think the training developed the whole time. The level got higher and higher.
1: Staffan Larsson was fifth in 1994.
2: I know, I know. I watched him on with, television. With only
1: double pulling. Yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, I don't know. I was uh, I was not tough enough in the, in the head, I think. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. But isn't it interesting that no one picked it up? Yeah, it is. Is it because they, um, back in the days, most long-distance skiers also were pretty serious about traditional skiing?
2: I think that's that's a part of it, but for me it was. I still felt because I could do uh, go pretty good in the in the like uh, classic in the normal races. I, I was like top ten and eleventh place at the 30k in the Norwegian Championships, and that's pretty high level in in, in Norway. And the funny thing is that when you did the Birkebanner, I was not afraid about the last hills from uh, Mitshella, because then even when you have some of the best uh, classic skiers in the world, like uh, Oddmur Hjelmeset or uh, Anders Werbari or Anders Aukland, uh, I could still follow them, almost, almost follow them with them the diagonal, because the, the, the pace was slower at the end of the race. But uh, I still regret that I didn't uh, throw away the kickbacks uh, before, <laughs> but still then, even I was one of the first to do it. So, yeah.
1: We talked about Marcia Longa, and uh, it must be a very special race for you. You have won it many times. How, how, how why is that? What's the myth about Marshalonga?
2: Yeah, I'm, I said that Valslop is my number one race, but it's, it's, it's hard. To, uh, it's a close fight with Martialonga. Martialonga was the first big one i won. I, I think that the, the the myth about Marshlonga is it's all about the last hill. But uh, you have to be uh you have to stay out of uh accidents you have to keep your poles uh don't break them it's like a a wide race down the, the valley now it's even worse than when i did the, the race uh high speed lot of corners turns um and then you have to it's it's like no tactic you go into the last hill and it's just pure strength and mental strength it's it's like no uh, it's no staying behind or uh or tactics it's Basically, if you're strong enough, you're good enough, and then you win
1: the race. You have a podcast, or it's kind of, uh, you've taken a little break, but uh, uh, Auckland-methoden? And in that podcast in one episode, you said, I don't remember, but you said something about like a real ski race includes a, a tunnel, a yeah. bridge, and w- what was it more?
2: Yeah, it was me and, uh, and uh, Siemen Essenson and we discussed uh, discussing what, what's, what, what's a real ski ski race like what what's ha- what's has to be included and you have to go from A to B. You have to go uh, under a, over a bridge. You have to cross uh, a river. You have to go under a road, and you have to have a live television with a helicopter. Then it's a real, <laughs> then it's a real uh, ski race.
1: Oh yeah, and that you have, helicopter.
2: and you have it in. It's not that many races. It's like vasa löp, birkewäner, uh, Tartu Maraton marathon, it. So yeah,
1: interesting. Uh, yeah. So you do they have a bridge and a tunnel?
2: Bridge. they have a bridge yeah but not a think.
1: <laughs> they need to make one to be a real yeah maybe that really... should be like a requirement yeah. for the grand Classics. <laughs> it should be
2: should be of course
1: yeah, yeah. in the season of 2013 in vismaski classics you and your brother were it was a landslide victory you won all the races you were on the podium in almost all races you you I think you were fourth or or in one race and maybe in In, the you were in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean you were like top top all the time and also the the last race of the season, Orifelslopp, but you tied the win. What did you do to be... It was like you weren't that good the season before and you weren't that good the season after, but 2013 you were amazing, both of you. Yeah. How did it happen? Uh...
2: That year was the first year I was only double pulling, and um, I remember I, I started up first of May and said I'm not going to use my legs this year. Uh, and Steven Östenson, we were at the same team that time, and he said like, "Wow, that's that's crazy! You you have to 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 use your legs sometimes and and, uh, and stuff." But of course I was running. I was running one long session and always one interval session during the whole, even through the winter. But mm-hmm. of course, lot of double pulling and. I was really efficient with my training. I didn't train that much, between 60 and 80 hours. I was using the ski org a lot. 60
1: and 80 hours per month. Per
2: month, and I was using the ski org a lot. Uh, also through the winter, I was uh, training a lot of hard training, and a lot of uphill double pulling and everything. Everything just clicked. Um, I stayed healthy, and uh, my teammates were really strong. Uh, and everything was just uh, just a uh, ride right, the whole season, and also the last or the the, the Berkeley, I was fourth there. And, uh, yeah, I could even have gone better. I think that was that's the one race I never won. And that year I could have done it. I think, but Anders was in the leading group ahead of us with the uh, endarrängningar, and I was with Jörgen Brink, so I couldn't try to uh, to to catch Anders because uh, you don't want Jörgen Brink in the in the sprint there. So, no, everything was just good. Really good skis as well. And you don't win a race without uh, really good skis.
1: So were you like ahead of all the other teams and all the athletes I think, uh, that year?
2: Yeah, I think uh, because we had tried, experienced and tried and missed sometimes both with how we train, how much we train, how hard we train. But that season, I was uh, smart enough to take some, uh, some easy days and... Uh, not the longest sessions, but really efficient. Um, I had two kids at that time, so I hadn't that much time. So I was, yeah, just really 10 minutes warm up, uh, really hard interval on the ski go on the treadmill, and then uh, take a shower and then uh, go to bed for two hours and then maybe one session in the afternoon. So not fussing around with uh, all kinds of different things, but really extremely efficient in my training.
1: So... Lots of interval training also?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: What is lots of interval training? Is that several times per week?
2: Yeah, between two to five, I guess.
1: What what's your best VO2 max?
2: Uh eighty one.
1: And what have you done five thousand meter skier?
2: Uh, I've never done it actually. That's the one session I have never done. And that's, uh, <laughs> I recommend it to all others, but I've never done it. I think I'm afraid to see what my time is. But uh, <laughs> but uh, the ski I think it has really good, uh, really good training equipment. And I use, still use it these days, uh, maybe once a week, maybe three times a week. So it's like 45 minutes and you. You go into your what, own... What's
1: your favorite workout on that ski erg meter?
2: Ah, uh, uh, I've I have like ten different ski ergs uh, workouts that I use, but I really like the the one that uh, yeah. I think I was the I don't know if anybody else used it, but uh, at, at least I invented it in our kind of community. and It's like the ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, and you. Go it's
1: widespread now.
2: Yeah, I know, I know. So we try <laughs> to keep it secret for at least two or three years, but then uh, uh-huh. you get to different people and the teams are, yeah. But I think that's good because you get both some easy, in the, or not easy, but it gets really hard in the end and it's, it's good to use uh, before races, I think.
1: And that's one minute rest in between? Yeah so 10 minutes nine eight seven down to one minute and one minute rest so that's 55 minutes of hard workout and 10 minutes of uh, of resting so that makes one hour and 15 minutes if you have a uh, a 10 minute warm up five five minute warm up and a five minute cool down
2: yeah and i used to start That session with the PM four that I still still use on one forty nine, I think, and then I went one second faster each uh, each
1: interval. So down to one thirty nine.
2: Yeah, and I can also go harder on the last one, but uh, yeah, yeah. So that's that's a pretty hard hard session, and that's my level. So
1: we should try it. And on PM five, that means actually a little faster because PM four is slower.
2: Yeah, I uh, yeah I heard. I don't know how much lower, but uh, I still use my own uh, PM4, and I, actually I had that session today. So, <laughs> but I was not that oh. fast.
1: <laughs> what did you start
2: now? I actually cool. I was pretty good today, so I started at one fifty one fifty one point nine, and I managed to keep it
1: the whole way down. So yeah, that means you are not so far away from your top shape. Oh, it's, uh, I I think it's, I'm
2: still away, but uh, it's fun to do some uh, some training, but uh, when I go with the guys, I notice that uh, I'm an uh,
1: old guy, (laughs) not that fast anymore. What's your personal best in bench press?
2: Ah, that's, uh, let me see, maybe 75 kilo. I'm pretty weak in uh, maximal strength.
1: 75 kilos, yeah, that's nothing.
2: I know, <laughs> um, and um,
1: what's your uh, yeah, and now
2: it was, it was nothing.
1: How many shin ups can you do? Uh, maybe I could do maybe 30. So, um, yeah, what's your training volume those years you train the most? Between 800
2: hours. Run 800 rounds. So I was maybe 50, 20 years. I was uh, between 750 and
1: 850. We talked uh, a little bit about the season of 2013 when you were very successful. Yeah. After that season, you were only on the podium once, uh, and of course in, in Marcia Longa, yeah. and you were only top 10 three times those the last three yeah seasons what happened after
2: i think Well,
1: what happened those years 2014 and 2016
2: yeah i think my kind of skier because i was uh, not the best sprinter i was uh, best in the long races like marcelonga and and vasloppe and i think more powerful and Faster skiers uh, started to to train the way I trained, and uh, the gap I had for the last three or four years, they start to close it in. And also a lot of other things happened with three kids and uh, and stuff. Um, so yeah, I think that's I was not good enough to keep up with the development of the sport. Um, so I could. Like today I could do the wall stop, uh like this year still be like pretty good, but not up there, not how much, even how much I trained. So um, I still have the, I mean, I could, I could still go pretty fast, but the last, uh, both the, the capacity with like, Peter Eliasson and those guys, and also the speed and power with uh, Andreas Nygaard, it's like another level that I have. Mm-hmm.
1: So you think that the level, the overall level is higher now compared to five or seven years ago? Yeah,
2: I think so. Those guys are better than I was. But uh, I still believe that uh, my shape in 2013 was really good in Wolfslob and, and they had to be, be faster to, to, to beat me. But for sure, the, the best kids today are, are, are better than we were.
1: Yeah so so Jurgen Auckland anno 2013 could have won Vassalopet, but in the 40k and the 50k races he would have have he would not have been on the podium. Yeah for sure. And uh
2: yeah. That's the
1: your, truth. your your last race was Åre in 2016 as a professional skier. Yeah. I remember your uh, a picture with your you had like a golden yeah. jacket. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, how, how was how did it feel to do that last race
2: oh it was uh kind of good but also kind of sad um and the ski race was okay because i had a good finish last 10 or 50k i was pretty fast and i got like felt like wow this is really good i was just uh speeding ahead there but yeah, it was uh, it was time to put an end to it, and uh, it was both good and uh, but also kind of emotional um, but yeah, I still like skiing and I try to do some races every year but i I don't do the normal ball stop because everything will just be uh be a, what to say uh like uh, not so uh, fun i mean if I'm thirty or fifty more stop thats that's really good, but it's not then you're not part of the real race, and that's to be number one. So I, I do the Natvasa and uh, the vasen and, and those kind of races, because it still gives me a good feeling, and uh, I really love the whole atmosphere in Vassalop and other races.
1: Yeah, you 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 were first in that uh, Natvasa when you are skiing yeah. in the night yeah. in Vassalop, the whole course. Yeah.
2: That was really fun to do some other stuff, and I still uh, try to do some. Uh, yeah, we try to break the record of crossing Greenland, and uh, I have this swim-run uh, thing that I do every year to swim and. What, what is the, the
1: what kind of swim-run?
2: No, it's not a competition. It's just a bunch of uh, of uh, guys going together and go the whole day swimming and running through the whole uh, all the islands there in the Inntansfjord. So it's.
1: Oh, it's yeah. like that—an annual thing you do. Yeah. Yeah. How far is it?
2: Uh, almost 40k. So it's uh, yeah, it's it's long and hard. Are you a good swimmer? Yeah, uh, not a good swimmer, um, but I really enjoy uh, both scuba diving and freediving and uh, swimming and sea kayaking and all kind of play in the ocean. So uh, so I'm a decent swimmer, but not a good swimmer.
1: I don't know who said it, but maybe it was your brother. He said like. The only thing, Jurgen the, the only area where Jurgen have good balance <laughs> is in the kayak.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's compared to others, that's true. Yeah, I'm, I'm really bad otherwise, both on skis and uh, and yeah, yeah, re- bad balance. But in the in the surf ski or kayak, I'm I'm okay. I
1: would say, I would say. You trained a lot of kayak during your ski career. Yeah. Is that something you recommend?
2: Uh, yeah, if you have time for it. It's really good core training and uh, for the arms. And I mean, me and Anders, we always try to look on how to be better skiers and not just think about what the skiers are doing, but what are the, the road bikers doing? What are the rovers doing? What are the swimmers doing? What are the sea kikers or the, the, the kikers doing? And, and try to talk to them and train them and try to learn and, and put some of that those things into our training. I think that's that's part of the development and the motivation. And we had some years in Oslo. where We trained a lot with, um, yeah, some of the best national paddlers in uh, kayakers in in Norway, and and learned how they did the intervals and the strength training and that kind of stuff. So, and also we were But I'm I'm living really like uh, twenty meters from the from the ocean, and and now i um, I think it's really good training, and and so fun to do the. Now I always do the the. the Sursky, you go and it's really big waves and um, downwind and it's it's fun.
1: You recruited you are long ago and now he's on your team again, but when you recruited him like 2012 or 13 or yeah. whenever, he I mean he has a background of is it kayaking? Yeah. What did you learn from him from him?
2: It was how we trained strength training and intervals. Because if you ask a kayaker when he do four, four minutes intervals, like in, in skiing, you used to maybe do six times four minutes. But if you ask a, a kayaker, they say like maybe 15 times four minutes. So they have like, uh, and they train hard almost every day. Uh, and some of the strength training are like, Almost like CrossFit, it's like intervals. Um, I think you 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 tried it out with us one time and you were visiting yeah. us at Ten Spikes. It's, it's been a hard phase also on the on the strength training. And I
1: remember it was something like with your you trained your abs, your stomach yeah. really hard for like you did some one minute workout with your abs and then another one mm-hmm. minute yeah. minute workout with abs without rest in between or something.
2: Yeah. And but I think we maybe pushed it too long, too too long, so we got too tired of it. Uh now we're taking it a little bit down mm-hmm. again. But but you was really good guy and his talent like both for skiing and running and everything and his mindset is really yeah, you need those guys on team to to push the limits, and he's getting better every year, and it's fun to to try to guide him on his way.
1: We need to talk about your sugar intake, at least as an athlete. Yeah, you were eating so much bread and jam and like chocolate cream, uh, and this is for <laughs> breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and you were like really a top athletes and if someone saw what you were eating they would probably say that you need to change <laughs> what's your take on that
2: i think uh, when i look back uh, i would have done i think almost the same uh, again i should have been a little bit better with, uh, with the proteins after the hard sessions but in the train 800-900 hours uh, a year and especially long, long sessions I think my body works really good with sugar, and that's, yeah, that's how, how I work, and uh, yeah, and almost, I never had problems with, uh, except that I went over to the to, to Boulder that I was being too heavy. I'm, yeah. I'm still kind of a skinny guy, uh, but I think you could, it's important to eat sugar, but you also, of course, need, uh, like, like, fish. And, and the vegetables the fruits and all that kind of stuff as well, but I think like for the um, for the engine to work as at its best it's best you need the sugar and we have yeah, talked with a lot of nutritionists and also had some talk with the the guys making the food for Team sky and uh, those guys and yeah, they say use as much sugar as your stomach can make uh, Take taken and, and uh, <laughs> if you can take it it's it's good. That's what you need to if you want to go
1: hard, hard, hard. Uh, that's interesting because, uh, yeah, I guess there are many ways to to, yeah, to do it, but uh, not many nutritionists recommend this, uh, or at least not in magazines.
2: No, but if I think if you go to the top athletes in the different, uh, both in biking or in, uh, yeah, it, it, I mean cross-country skiing, it's not like really long. So you need to go on uh, on um, on fat the whole time because the the, I mean when I go the first uh, hill to the Valsloper I go like flat out on maximum uh, it's like a a sprint for me to the top Um, and it's not like a short race so you need to be yeah in between there but I know it's like a religion the the food stuff is like religion but this worked for me and I I know what some other skiers are doing and it works for them as well so yeah and I tried different stuff but.
1: yeah, sugar is uh, sh- sugar in the morning sugar in nights. night <laughs> so what do you think about Visma Ski Classics in the future what do you think about it right now about the number of races and the length of the races and, and the sites and so on
2: I think Ski Classics is like really good for long distance and it's developing developing every year I think uh, you need uh, the big long races but I think it's it's fun to try some new new places as well but for me it's like this it should be between 50 and 70 or 80k at least and i'm not that kind of uh fan for like going loops and loops and loops uh i want them to be from a to b as we talked about earlier um and
1: a bridge and, and a bridge
2: pommel. and a funnel, yeah because like, uh, you have some really nice races out there uh, like to see Marathon you had uh, the Nordfelslopper like a uh, fantastic uh, track but uh, it's like yeah you need to put it all together and I think basically it's fantastic it's really good you have shorter races for the best sprinters you have uh, you have the hill races and you have the the, the big ones like Valslopper uh, and Longa. so I think it's like really really good uh, concept and for me, the future for long-distance racing, at the, as I can see, it's really bright. I hope more and more of the, able to say some of the stars from normal skiing can also join us in some races, like we had Dario Colonna this year at Marslinga and Shurut and some other guys. So I think, uh, like this year with uh, Marit Bjergen on the starting line in Loslop, it I think the interest will be even higher. So it's that's fun to see.
1: Yeah, you are the team director for the team <coughs> that Mari Bjørgen belongs to. What, where, how many races will we see her? In how many? Uh, <laughs> we have to see.
2: Now, for sure, her, her main goal is Vaseloppe. and um, we're, straight, we're starting a training camp tomorrow. Oh, two days actually, and uh, and um, she will be here, and I think it's she's. She's training pretty good. She's training every day, and uh, I think she will be in, in good shape. But of course, the, guy, the girls she's competing against is also really, really tough girls. Uh, but Maris, she got the talent and the mindset. And as I said, Vasseloppe is her main, main, uh, main goal, but she, she will be starting at two or three races before that. Just to get the feel of the, the speed, the tactics, the, the, the level of the, the others. So I hope we will see you in some other
1: races for sure. Most longer, I, I hope. Thank you so much, Jurgen. It was a pleasure to have you here. Yeah, nice to be talking with you.
0: This podcast is a W Sports Media production.